You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Tired, 60-minute efforts. Wired, 120-minute efforts. Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and I for one would welcome a Jack Eichel trade to the Flyers, but that's just me. I mean, the rest (laughs) of you guys could have different opinions, but I'd be okay with it, you know. I would not be opposed, as long as it's not to the Rangers. I saw that floating out there, and that would just be like, we, we don't need anyone else, like a Panarin trotting into this oh, God. Imagine? On a, oh. on a full-time basis but it's also been funny to kind of see rangers fans be like yeah like we'll give them like ryan strom and maybe jack <laughs> johnson like, yeah. that's like their version of like hagen, hagen third, but, but uh yeah i'm matt Arenic, and those flyers games this weekend were much needed um after a brutal all-around weekend for myself it was nice to enjoy as joe mentioned not just 60 but 120 minutes of flyers hockey yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm Mike Zawissa, and I'm feeling pretty fresh on this Monday after it was a pretty solid weekend, uh, all things considered. Hey, you, you, seem, you seem a little more spry than usual, Mike. Uh, it, it's for <laughs> good reason. Like we all mentioned, the Flyers finally made hockey fun again. Uh, before we get into the quick word from our sponsor, Matt, you want to walk us through it real quick? Yeah, second time's the charm. So you've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and how Payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This weekend, or this week I should say, is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion dollars to users across all sports, DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh my God! Crushed it. That, thing, that, that might be the it. best one ever. Honestly, clean. That's really, really good. Good job, Manny. Good job. Right. You be careful. You might be taking over full time now. If you keep <laughs> knocking those out, you oh, better geez. be careful. Uh, back to the Flyers, though. They uh, they rolled Buffalo this past weekend. Um, they took on the Lily Saber uh, Sabers and just really smashed the door down. They had nearly forty shots in each game. Held the Sabers without a goal through one hundred twenty minutes. Um, Two different goalies too. We had uh, we had our boy Brian Elliott net for a shutout, and Carter Hart gets his. Um, not only that, but we saw you know probably the first sixty minute effort of the season, and then you followed up with another one yesterday. Um, I'll ask you guys: Is this uh, Buffalo being Buffalo, or is this the Flyers? I try to make it like a joke. There, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's uh, unreal. I love there, that. There used to be this Vine, the guy like he. God, it's this vine is going way back, but there's this guy in the Natural History Museum 
<laughs> he's making the voice of like a buffalo. He's like lower, lower, buffalo lower, because they're fucking ass. But um, what do you guys think? Uh, is this more Buffalo's bad, or more the Flyers are back to their old selves from like a year and a half ago now? Uh, I think it's a combo. Mm. It has yeah. to be. I mean, I think the biggest distinction. And I'm sure everyone saw this on Twitter. It's not shocking that Flyers fans came away from this weekend, some of them negative on what they just watched. Absolutely shocked. Yeah, shocking. But, I mean, we've been hard on the Flyers so far, but I think rightfully so. And the biggest distinction, what we're about to mention, is that in games against these lowly teams like the New Jersey Devils, like the Sabres earlier on in the year, they didn't look this way. That's the key distinction. They still struggled to, to exit their zone. They struggled in the neutral zone, passing in general. And we saw a completely different team. It was it was crazy to see. I mean, a lot of their goals in that first game, um, and even I want to say the first goal in the second game were as a result of a very clean breakout. And that's something we didn't see earlier on in the year. Um, the four check was on point. NAK continues his strong play. Raffle gets on the board with a tip. I mean, that fourth line has been pretty solid. Um, JVR... Therapy, Coots, they continue to stay hot. Um, it was nice to get some contributions from the COVID line, Jake, Limblom, and, and Lawton. And, yeah, I mean, it comes down to you have to execute against these bad teams, which we weren't doing earlier on in the year. But it also does help that this kind of first game back with a full squad did come against a very, very much struggling Buffalo Sabres team. I mean, as we could all see, Jack, Jack uh, Eichel t- does not want to be there. I'm sure Jeff Skinner does not either, at least under the current coaching staff. Um, So they have a lot of problems, but you have to win those games, and they did in convincing fashion. That's exactly it. Like you, you can't like talk. You you can't be a Flyers fan who like is angry about the narrative of like this team always plays bit down to bad teams. You can't like for years we've heard that narrative, and in some ways it was kind of true pre uh, Vigneault, but like last year they didn't do it. And like you said, Matt, earlier in the year, they kind of were struggling to do that. So you can't be angry when they come out and just destroy a team. Like, the either both of these games could have easily been, like, 6-0. Like, especially the second game. That kid for Buffalo played really well in net. Like, he had some, some absolutely, like, beautiful saves. So, yeah, I mean, when everything is clicking for a team, like the Flyers especially, it should look like this in a game against a bad team. Like, it, it should look almost, not effortless, I don't want to say that, but, like, I don't know if this, if the results in either of these games were, like, ever in doubt. Once the Flyers got, I'll say, I'll say a multiple goal lead. Um, it, it, different than, like, earlier in the season when they would have a two-goal lead against the Islanders. And even though the Flyers went on to win those games, you could, you could feel, you could feel the comeback coming from the other team. That wasn't the case the other day or this weekend. Um, and that kind of reminded me of like the feeling that I had about this team last year when they were in the regular season and against bad teams, you just kind of thought like they'll figure out a way to get it done. Like even, even when they weren't firing a hundred percent, like I remember there was, that, there was that one game against the Sharks, like right before the pause and the Flyers didn't come with their best effort, but they still rolled to like a three nothing win or something like that or 3-1 win because they just had more talent and they could figure it out. And then against good teams, they still found a way to figure it out too. So I think above all else, it's encouraging to see. And sometimes you need a 
like a layup game against one of these bad opponents to really find your yourself. And the Flyers were lucky they got two of them. So um, TK's coming back. We'll get to that later. But finally have the full squad. I'm excited to see what they can do from here. But I'm also, you know, tempering expectations a little bit. Yeah, I think um, I, I agree with both of you guys. I definitely think it's a mix of one. Buffalo is in a downward drunken spiral. I feel really bad. For the players on that team and the fans, I feel like they've been rebuilding for like I don't know, forever. It feels like since, since the Flyers bounced them. Yeah, you know, Ryan the Miller was in goal and yeah, Danny yeah. Briere patted him on the head in Game Seven. They blew the doors off him then. So that was the yeah. last time I remember Buffalo like being good. Um, we'll say I like their jerseys just real quick. I yeah, enjoyed Buffalo's jerseys. Yeah. Um, but I, for the first time in a while, I agree. The Flyers were able to move the puck. You know, exiting the zone really fast um, and with precision. I mean, that that Lawton goal stands out. Um, obviously, he, he was a breakaway. He was ahead of the play. But, you know, Jake has the puck in his own zone. Immediately, quick outlet pass to Lindblom, who's right in the neutral zone. Boom, hits Jay, it's uh, hits Lawton in stride, and you got a goal. Um, we weren't really seeing those kind of goals from, from our own zone. And out. we were seeing a lot of pretty passing plays in the offensive zone, but nothing from our zone and forward. So I was happy to see that they're moving the puck really well. I thought the power play looked much improved. Um, just, just in terms of passing, I still wish that they would shoot the puck more. Um, they're still a little, little heavy on, on looking for that extra pass every now and again, but overall, very, very pleased with the games. Again, it's Buffalo. So, I'm not saying that, you know, the the world is, you know, on fire or anything. But, hey, for a team that was clearly lacking confidence and for some players that were probably lacking some confidence, looking at you, Carter Hart, you know, good to get his, his feet back under him with a shutout. Wasn't perfect, but he made some really good saves. He had that one um, on on Sunday that was, was a two-on-one, uh, came across with the was it left pad, I think. Um, yeah, on yeah. Oposo, I yeah, think it was. Yeah, on Oposo. Yep. Um, so I'm happy for him, and um, I'm happy to see what the Flyers can do once once they're back to kind of full strength. You mentioned we're going to get t- uh, TK back, but um, they have a a large <laughs> a large opponent coming up here, three games in a row. Before we get to that, do you guys have anything else on Buffalo before we kind of move into to Penguins? I want to touch on the special teams. I think that's important. Um, myself included, I did not know that Buffalo – had the number one rank power play, which makes sense because Olofsson has an insane shot. And when you're flanked on either side with one-time options of Jack Eichel, Rasmus Dahlin, and then uh, Victor Olofsson. Like Taylor that's, Hall. And Taylor Hall, yeah. I mean, it's just a crazy top top unit. Um, and, I, and I thought it was interesting, which we always talk about, is they were – the penalty kill is noticeably more uh, aggressive as the two games went on. Which yeah. is funny because it's like, again, we always say this. It's you look at the best penalty kill teams in the league. Is they're they're aggressive in a controlled way, and that's something that we've been lacking during the stretch where we've just been getting lit up on the uh, on the penalty kill, especially against the Bruins. Now, Bruins are kind of a different story, but at the same time, I think it's pretty equal skill on that top unit. Um, comes to ex- comes down to execution, but that was really nice to see. I was worried about that every time it took a penalty, and they really stepped up. To I don't think they allowed. Well, obviously they didn't allow a penalty or a power play goal because they they blanked them. But um, there wasn't really any 
great opportunities either. There might have been some where Olofsson could have buried it with a nice shot, but there wasn't like an obvious he should have scored that we were lucky type of play. So that was refreshing yeah. to see as well. I think I think the two chances, I think on back-to-back days, um, I think Elliot stopped Olofsson on a one-timer. Um, and then the next day, I think Hart got one of from Eichel from the circle or something like that. So yeah, not like, like you're saying, not many great ones, but even when they did the goalies, goalies have to be your best penalty killer too. So, um, yeah, I think, I think with the penalty kill, it comes down to, to confidence, maybe even like that might get overused sometimes, but like the more you're confident that you can attack and make a play on a guy, the more likely you are to succeed in doing that. And like when you're getting scored on consistently, you're going to be less you're gonna sit um, back, aggressive. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but I, I just wanted to mention real quick before we move on, I thought that, I mean, there were so many good performances, but one that I really took note of, took note of was Provorov on Sunday. I thought Ivan looked, in my eyes, that was like his best game of the year so far. He specifically had that one foray in the offensive zone where he was like just a one-man cycle, where he just kept... That led to like the uh, JVR yeah, yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He like circled around behind the net, came out, almost scored on that one shot. That was a good stop by uh, by Johansson, and then kept the play alive on the wall, and then got it to Ghost, got it back, and then they got it to Faraby, or yeah, got it to Faraby and the JVR. So good sequence by Provi, but it really, it just it it was a, a highlight in an otherwise very great game for him. Um, he, I don't think Provorov has been bad this year by any means, but he's he's kind of missed that extra little step or whatever. Um, and I thought he got that back this weekend in my eyes, um, especially in that second game. He looked way more confident. And when Provorov's on, I mean, he is. It reminds me of Ghost in the way that he takes he takes his rushes up ice and everything, and and is not afraid to to drive the net to generate offense from from the back end. So encouraging to see. Yeah, we should mention Ghost looked really good too. We were all marveling before we started the show. Um, he looks like I guess twenty eighteen Gossip pair um, when he's with Provorov. Uh, if if that can be the new top pair, if that can stick, whew, that would be uh, that'd be pretty great. He did have one egregious turnover in the first game, which yeah. Yeah. man, see that's the kind of stuff. Like you, if that goes in. Oof, I don't know if we see Ghost that much the rest of the game. Because um, it was a blind backhand pass that went right up the middle, and thank God there was a penalty called, or otherwise, we honestly, I don't think we'd see him again. Um, but he, it's it's give and take with Goss's Bear, and when the given is good, it is good. Um, he's looked really good. I think he's helped a lot with, with the exits uh, out of the zone and working the power play. Um, having him up there as opposed to Provorov, no offense to, offense to Provy, because he did lead the, the league in, you know, defenseman power play goals last year, but um, just it's a whole different dynamic when you have Ghost up there. And, um, yeah, well, what do you got? Any, any thoughts on Ghost before we kind of pivot? No, I think that's a good point. I mean, the one thing I'll say is that I'm hoping his leash has been extended mm-hmm. by AV because something that I, I can't remember where I saw this, but, I think at the end of one of the years, you look at turnovers, most turnovers of players throughout the year, and it's typically the top defensemen who lead those, right? Those who are joining the rush, creating opportunities. Um, I remember the year I looked, it was Eric Carlson, it was Brent Burns, it was the most dynamic defensemen that are in the league because they're handling the puck the most and they're creating chances the most. So that's something that I'm hoping, and 
is part of the reason I believe Ghost is looking like old Ghost is that he's not afraid to make those mistakes. He knows that a mistake like that's not going to cost him a period of ice time. It's not going to cost him a healthy scratch. Because again, as a defenseman growing up, if you're worried about making mistakes and, and things of that nature and how it's going to impact your playing your, your playing time, you're not going to be the same player. I don't care who you are. And it's been evident with Ghost. So it's nice to see maybe that that leash has been extended. Because if it has, I think if we have the old Ghost back, those gaffes are going to be minimal compared to kind of the productivity he can provide on the offensive side of the, of the ice. So happy to see, albeit small sample size, right, Joe? So yeah. don't want to – they got too – It was a weekend. It was too a great excited, weekend. But if he, can, if he can build on it going into this Penguin series, I'm all for it. You had two good dates back-to-back. Doesn't mean you're getting married, but, hey, I'll take it. I'll take two good dates. All right? That's all right. Um, I really want it to, to be true, but we'll see. Time's going to tell with this team. Like I mentioned, we do have a big series coming up, though. Three games um, against the Pens. We've got it's Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, okay. about right to me. And Pittsburgh is going to have fans in the building. They'll have 3,000 fans in attendance um, so I'm sure they're going to be really happy. What do you do? What do you guys think the Flyers have to do in order to come out with the lion's share of the points? I think if you can take two or three, I, I take that. That's that's pretty good. Um, what do what do you guys think? Just I mean a continuation of what we saw against Buffalo in terms of clean clean breakouts. I mean I know the Pens. It's weird because the Pens like. They're definitely they definitely have a better bottom of their lineup, I guess, than the than the Sabers do. But uh, I mean, it's not like they're it's not like they're world beaters in the, in their bottom six. We I mean, we except for that one Jen- kid, uh, yeah, Tanev, Teddy Tanev, no Tanev, oh, Teddy. Bluger, Teddy Bluger, yeah. Teddy Bluger. <laughs> noted Latvian Teddy Bluger, wherever he yeah. is from. Yeah, no, I, I but I think continue the uh, continue the clean breakouts and then get into the, the pen zone and just cause havoc there. Like we, I still don't think I don't buy the pens defense. I've seen stuff on pens, Twitter recently, how CC is playing a little bit better. I don't <laughs> think Matheson is, I don't think Matheson's turned the corner yet. Um, I wonder if we'll see Mark Friedman at all. Uh, that would be interesting, but even, even their top guys like Latang and Marino have struggled at times this year. So Get into the pen zone and cycle the puck. We saw a lot of good cycling, a lot of set plays in the offensive zone against Buffalo. Um, even against the Rangers, um, the Flyers were pretty deadly in zone. Going back to the game against the Caps, when the Flyers actually got the puck into the Capitals and at even strength, they were creating just like otherworldly chances. So uh, those are my two big things. And then three, like... The Penguins goalies are are exactly who we thought they were, kind of. Like, that doesn't mean that Jari and DeSmith can't steal games because any goalie in the NHL can do that on any given night. But it's, I mean, you're, you're, this is, there's no reason the Flyers can't, I'm not saying they have to play exactly, or I don't, I'm not saying the result has to be exactly what it was against Buffalo, but the, the game plan kind of remains the same in my opinion. Yeah, stick with what works. It looks like Jason Zucker, I'm not sure if this is going to continue. He's out, um, not even mm-hmm. just day-to-day. So I'm not sure how long that might be. Jared McCann, Brian Dumoulin, uh, Evan Rodriguez, and Yuso Ricola are all on IR. 
Is Kapanen uh, back? Kapanen's Kapanen back. So he's on that. For them, yeah. yeah, he's on that top line. So that's a very good top line of Jake Gensel, Sidney Crosby, Kasperi Kapanen. Um, they have like a question mark next to whether or not McCann will be back for that second line um, with Malkin and Rust. And then you have Aston Reese, who I know has actually been pretty productive for them since coming back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, matchup wise, I think we have the edge, especially with our full team back, if we can get TK back as well. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to see, because I know AV doesn't like to change up the lineups too much on wins. He did with bringing Myers back in, so I wouldn't be shocked to see TK back. But like Mike said, just continue what we did. I mean, you have Pierre Oliver Joseph playing with Latang on the top pair, Michael Matheson playing with John Marino, which means he's getting top four minutes, and then you have Cody Siki. Yep. Cody CC with Marcus Pedersen. So the biggest thing to me is that like, there's really no one out there on any of those pairs that are really going to be physically dominant. So if we can get in on the four check, like I think we'll have our way with them. Um, and it's just a matter of maybe staying disciplined and not letting them score on the power play and, and things of that nature. And just really like Mike said, again, continue to roll with what worked in Buffalo. That'd be a dream I mean, you- if they could do that. Even like even guys like that top pair is pretty solid between uh, Theo Joseph and Chris Letang. Kelsey's just got back with some groceries, so hey Kelsey, some, some rustling. That's what it is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's a that's a pretty solid pair, I guess. But like he's still a rookie. Theo Joseph is also a rookie. Exactly, I was just about to say that. Like he, you, they go through growing pains, and the more you like make plays onto a rookie like the more they're going to have those growing pains so like it, it like you said matt like there isn't that's pretty loud uh like you said there isn't a uh <laughs> there isn't a pair on that penguins defense right now that is like absolutely a standout pair that you yeah. can't potentially get offense against no and i'll say this the one thing i think the flyers did really well in these in this buffalo series is when they did score they were all over uh, Buffalo again. Um, like the, the second they got a goal in, they didn't hang back. They they could smell blood in the water, and they went right after it. And I think – I hope they can do the same thing against this Pittsburgh team because you guys mentioned it. Those goalies, um, you know, they're nothing really to write home about. Uh, Casey DeSmith, I think he's – I don't know if he's played a little bit better than um, – oh, my God. What is his name? Jari. Uh, but I don't think either of them – are probably the answer long term for them um and if you can get to a girl a goalie early get to him often i'd be happy to see that emphasis on a lot of shots and please do not take a penalty in the first two minutes of the game they did it again on sunday justin braun over the glass you know whatever it happens um but it took about 10 minutes for the flyers to find their feet after that it took until about the middle of the period before they really started to roll and you can do that against the buffalo it I would not recommend it doing against a Malkin or a Crosby and Pittsburgh, um, especially with that power play. Crosby scores. I think he's like at minimum, he gets like a goal against us or he's a point per game player for sure. I, I think yeah. the stat is he has more goals against us than he does against any other team, which makes sense because we play them a lot, but still he clearly is, is ready to get up and, and at him. Um, but yeah, if they can do a lot of what they did this weekend uh, in Buffalo in Pittsburgh, Sign me up. But like I said, yeah. two two out of three, and I'd be a happy camper. Casey Smith and Tristan Jari, just to give you some re- reference and statistics, 
Casey DeSmith, 2.73 with an 8.93 save average, and Tristan Jari, a 3.14 with an 8.94. Yeah, exposed so, sub 900. Yeah. That is not Yeah, good. I don't want to hear from anyone that one's better than the other. They have identical stats. Um, it's And even on this past weekend, we ended each game with almost 40 shots, and there could have probably been five to ten more shots. Like yeah, I'm absolutely. thinking of like all these – instances right in front where we're passing back door to like jvr um hayes on that like three on one he was i think he, he <laughs> i don't know what the warm. hell you I, I don't know if they, i think he must have just been like freaking out he had no he had idea so many what, options yeah, yeah he had no idea what to do because he couldn't pass the puck which is hilarious because he had an absolute snipe a, a couple games earlier but yeah like that's exactly it if, if we just get and we're having these high danger chances as we've seen throughout the entire season. And I, I mean, I like our chances. Obviously it's Pittsburgh. They're always going to bring their best against us. Um, and they've been playing better as of late too. I will, I will say that they've been, I mean, it feels like every night they're playing the Capitals though. So uh, I mean, yeah, we're the Islanders recently. Yeah. 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 Did, who did they play the Devils? Or was that that was been, Washington then? That they just played the Islanders yesterday, and they lost two nothing. I mean, they're one point behind us, but we have two two games in hand. Yeah, um, Islanders have three games. We have three games in hand on the Islanders, and we're a point behind them. So essentially, if yeah. if yeah, I mean, if we craziest thing is if we win at least the next game before Boston plays another, then we have more points than the Bruins do. Hmm. Yeah, with the same number I, I of games that, played. So I said that the other day in chat. Like I didn't really realize it. I think it was after. Was it after the Buffalo game or was it after the Rangers game the other night? Anyway, like the the Flyers surpassed the Bruins for best points percentage in the division, and then we're like, they currently have like the fifth best in the league, which is, I mean, it it really is partially their play that makes it all seem. Like that's not true, and then also the fact that they're they haven't beaten the Bruins and they played them five times, so it feels like every time we lose the Bruins, it, it feels like that's like five losses right there. So, but yeah, I mean they have a real chance here. You can't. It's way too early to say that uh, two out of three, or you know potentially three games. Uh, it's too early to say would like end the Pens or knock them out or anything, but like you could put some real distance between you right now um if you're able to come out on the positive end of the series so big task um, i agree I'm, I'm looking forward to some some playoff atmosphere um that would be nice you know I, with some fans back we're gonna be able to hear some noise at least it's not like washington where they they play that annoying or no do they do the horn in pittsburgh too i think they do i mean probably oh god i hate it i hated it through the television um but I'm hoping that, like, we get a little more, a little more juice, a little more anger would be good. I'm not saying I want an all-out brawl, but um, be good to get these teams back to just a, a smidge of what it was in the 2010s, just just a little bit, just a taste. I'm um, sure three games will do that. I would think three so. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, plus Malkin, you know, he is uh, <laughs> one ornery dude. You get just a little under his skin, and he's going to try and decapitate you. So, um, quick, quick housekeeping stuff. We mentioned TK should hopefully be available. He's coming off the COVID list. Um, we mentioned that Pittsburgh's going to have fans. It looks like the Flyers are hopefully going to have fans, too, at a limited capacity. I've seen a couple of numbers thrown around, um, but it'll be good to have some some orange and black back in the uh, – in the. Uh, I want to say the big house. That's Michigan, but uh, back in the stadium. And um, real quick, the uh, 
there's more rumblings out of Nashville. Apparently, um, Matias Eckholm to the Flyers is picking up some steam. What is it? It's a Phantoms reporter, Tony. Oh, my God. Androkitis, <laughs> my Greek brother. Uh, Nashville had a bunch of scouts at the Phantoms games, uh, the, the last couple ones. He's reporting that they're in the early discussions of a possible deal. Um, I think getting Eckholm would probably just be the cherry on top. Uh, for for a good week here, if they could pull it off. But what do you guys think? What uh, what are your thoughts on a potential trade? We we teased it. I want to say it was after the outdoor game. We brought it up briefly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is Chuck's chance to get that impact defenseman who he tried to get in the off season to replace Niskin. And I mean, I think it was Elliot Friedman reported that that. Chuck Fletcher really did. He was like working the phones nonstop yeah. to try and get a Niskin replacement and teams just weren't willing to budge because why move a guy right before the season starts? So, I mean, you're here now where the Flyers played 16, 18 games, something like that. 18 games. Yeah. Yeah. So you still have 30 plus games to go the rest of the year and you have a chance to get a legit, I mean, at, at the very worst, Ekholm is a number four, right? At best, yeah, he can play top pair. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you gotta you gotta pounce on this. Flyers fans have to brace themselves because it's probably going to cost you. I did read like the the Predators might want forward prospects instead of a defense a defense prospect because they actually have some good uh, defensive. They prospects can't score. In the That's been always been their problem. Is they can't yeah, score. Yeah, I mean, so they got defensemen out the wazoo. Yeah, exactly. You got to brace yourselves to lose. A prospect you might like but you shouldn't lose anybody off the roster to be honest and again you don't get a chance to get players like this uh very often and especially not this early in the season like this is a this is something that could really help fix some of the glaring issues we've talked about all year pretty much yeah and it's in the window as well he's what's yeah, his cap yeah. hit mike do you remember off the top of your head is it like it's, it's only three seven five which yeah, is absurd three seven five so for this I mean, year and next, so you get it's not, next, not a pure rental. You have them if you want to, or I mean, hey, worst case scenario, you know, if you're talking, you, you say you trade for him, right? You give up a prospect and a pick, and you get Ekholm. He comes here, you know, he finishes out the year, and then you start to talk to him about a contract extension, and you realize, hey, it's not in the cards. Well, then you can either expose him for the expansion draft if you want to. You could trade him before that. You could do a sign and trade. No, there's a lot of other avenues. You could flip them again just to another team, recuperate some asset. There's always other things you can do. Um, but this is the kind of bullish move that I would, I'm would i high on for the team. I, I would really like to see something like this get done. Yeah, just think about having Provy Ghost with the way he's been playing, Sandheim Myers, and then Ekholm and – is he a lefty or a righty? Lefty. He's a lefty. I mean, you could still do Ekholm with Gustafson. Like, yeah, could. if needed yeah. to be. I mean, even if you and kind Bobby's of Bobby's sitting that on the, the bench. Yeah, thank God where he, where he belongs. <laughs> even though he was okay this weekend. He was fine actually. this weekend. I, th- I think we've gotten, like, too far. Like, I don't I don't know where this came from, but, like, this obsession with, like, you need to have a right defenseman. I really like having I, it. I, 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 it's, a, it's a good thing to have. But Playing like, defense, for, I don't think it matters at all, in my opinion. Yeah, for, for years we never heard anything about it, it felt like. And now all of a sudden it's like. The, the only thing I really like it for so. is, is, is one-timers. Yeah, That's what I like it for. You're not necessarily going to have Ekholm taking one-timers. That's true. Yeah. Hey, listen, and I'm it, all for it. I don't care if he's right-handed, left-handed, yeah. doesn't use hands, whatever. Just get him. <laughs> 
I mean, all it comes down to really, like you're saying is it's, it, it comes down to being on your hand in this on the side that you're playing um, makes passes a little bit easier. But other than that, yeah, yeah, like I'm not overly concerned about that. And as, as I've kind of, I've interacted with a couple of people on Twitter regarding this, I don't necessarily see it as an issue from a expansion perspective, just because it would be a huge risk for Seattle to take him with one year left on a deal and him becoming a UFA. Yeah. That yeah. at that point Unless he's going to have you know the house in him. They're like hey. Yeah, but even at that point you you have to consider like he's been in pretty deep in some playoff runs with the, with the Predators. I don't know if he's monetarily driven or if he's more kind of like I, I'll take a little pay cut to be on a competitive team. Um, so yeah. it's hard for me to say definitively, but I mean. I can imagine he's probably not going to want to, at the peak of his career, embark on a full-blown rebuild on a brand-new team. So I think I'm not as concerned in terms of protecting him. I mean, we're obviously going to go Sandheim, Provy, and um, Myers. We're not going to do four defensemen. That would be stupid. Um, so I'm not as worried about it from that perspective, but like Mike said, like, even if it costs you, I know it'd be a pretty steep price, especially if you lose them after two years, but that's what happens. Like, even if it's a frost, yeah, frost in a second, something like that, I think that could be fair compensation. Um, they get a, a very elite potentially prospect, um, who, as, as you mentioned, Mike, before the podcast, it's, it's hard to see where he's going to fit in, even if we lose Lawton. Um, in a year or so, and, I mean, you have you have Nolan Patrick in that third, that third line. Yeah, at, so. at worst, Nolan Patrick is a third line center, right? Like, and and right now, Morgan Frost isn't doing anything for the team. And I'm not saying that as I'm not not I'm not saying there's a knock on him at all. Like injuries suck, and it's unfortunate. But like, you're getting nothing from him as a, an asset to the team on the ice right now. So, I mean. If you can move him for a guy like this, I would not be opposed. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'll, like I think I said this a couple podcasts ago, Ekholm is a guy who you're looking at between probably 30 to 40 points on the back end. Between, I mean, he's scored eight, eight or the last three years, 10, 8, and 8 goals, which is, I mean, that's nothing to scoff at, for especially for a guy who plays the way he does. And then... In his eight years as a defenseman, he's been on the positive side of 50 for his Corsi every single year, except for one. His rookie year, he was at 49.9, and he's never been below since. He, he's, he's 53.7 this year. 60, like, he's 6'4", big boy. Joe like that. Yeah, yeah. A little edge to his Sandpaper, game. Sandpaper, yes. So, I mean, we have – like, when you add him to the lineup, I don't think you have a single defenseman Maybe I guess you have ghosts, but like everyone else is like six foot, six two, and six three, six four. Yeah. So it's you'll have some size on the back end. Like Mike said, I mean, he has the stats to back up his game, and it's going to cost you to get a player like that. And I'm we're at a point where G, Jake, JVR, Hayes, Coots—they're all entering their prime. These next two years are where we can capitalize. So we need to solidify that that bottom half of the defensive lineup. Plus, you never know when where these discussions go. There was that rumor floating that the Flyers are eyeing more than just at home from the team. So, I mean, you never know. Once once GMs start talking, it either fizzles out or they just keep adding names to the list. So I don't know. I it it's exciting one from a fan perspective, and two, you got to invest in the team. 
with like yeah. older players like this so, or more uh i shouldn't say older players players who who are at their peaks like you who said. was the last exciting trade we've had i mean like, like legitimate player like impact right away trade in season i, I don't yeah. know because I know, like, it's been a while Hayes, Andreas Noodle. Like, they traded for them, but like, Andreas. I think they drafted Noodle. <laughs> I don't know. I just threw out an obscure flyer name. Jody I mean, Shelley. Last... No, they signed him too. <laughs> the last like in-season trade that the Flyers made where it was like player for player was Filipula and Mark Streit, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are the ones <laughs> like, that like, aren't Val. exciting at all. That, no, that's what I'm, I'm saying though. Like they haven't. You have to go all the way back to like when they picked up Chris Versteeg. Yeah, on that was a pick first first round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that was supposed to be a big move move that put the team over. Yeah, they really haven't had any of those recently. No, it's been a while. Uh, I I think I mentioned it back when we first teased this a couple weeks ago, but reminds me a lot of a move that Steve Eiserman would make when he was building the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, he got Ryan McDonough. You know, with term left, he sacrificed. Some of the some of the prospects and some of the picks you got to do what you have to do because at the end of the day, you know it just it's just asset management. You you know you're not going to have room for all these guys on the team, and it's a known quantity versus an unknown quantity. So yeah, it's taking a risk, but shit, six foot four plays with sandpaper, and I'm going to say it, Mike. He helps you win playoff style games. Oh, Dave uh, Haxtell. That's the key, the key word yeah. right there. No, Dave Haxtell just a perked up in Toronto. Is yeah, he's still on the bench there, right? He's still there. So yeah, uh, maybe he'll follow Mike Babcock to Saskatchewan. Who knows? But um, any last thoughts, boys? Before we uh, before we wrap up, this was a fun episode. I'm I'm happy we're able mm-hmm. to stay positive throughout the whole the whole forty minutes or so. Yeah, that's got to be the first one of the year. <laughs> Refreshing. <laughs> it's close. Um, it's close, but um. I think I think I can speak for all of us when I say this team's definitely getting healthier by the day. They seem to be finding their footing with, with every game. Fingers crossed, management can help you know help the cause and bring an impact player or two. Remember, it's always more fun when the Flyers are buyers. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay classy. Have a great week.